Thanks for tuning in to Accented. This episode is not scripted, and it's for English learners who want to listen to real conversations. Each week, I interview a new guest who has a distinct English accent. In this world, there is not just one English accent, there are many. In today's episode, I'll be speaking with John Hillary, who is from Uganda. John is a poet, a climate activist, and a radio host. Welcome to Accented. If you're new, thanks for joining me. I'm excited for this episode because it's the first time that we have a guest from Africa. We have John Hillary, who is from Uganda. As you may have noticed, my voice sounds a little funny at the moment. I don't have COVID-19. Of course, when anyone has the symptoms of COVID-19, we have to go get tested and I have to be responsible. I'm a teacher. Um, I have probably just have a cold and I'm starting to lose my voice. So I will not talk for too long and I will cut straight to the interview very soon. So let's talk about Uganda. It's a landlocked country, so that means that none of the borders are on the sea. It's pretty much in the centre of Africa. Uh, Countries that are around it are Kenya and uh, Tanzania across from Lake Victoria. Uh, The River Nile, which is one of the most famous rivers in the world, supposedly the longest river. However, I have had disagreements with other people who believe that the Amazon River has been listed as the longest river. I know that when I was a child, uh, we were taught in school that the River Nile was the longest river. So that river flows through Uganda. The official languages of Uganda are English and Swahili. John introduces himself as a climate activist. Now, a climate activist is somebody that tries to minimize their carbon footprint. Your carbon footprint is the impact that you're making on this environment. So if you're driving every day to work and you could possibly walk, that's your carbon footprint. You are contributing to making the planet hotter. Some people choose to walk or to take public transport to try and minimise their carbon footprint. John talks about his spoken poetry. Now, spoken poetry is quite a relatively new thing where instead of poems um, are generally written in a book and we read them ourselves, however, spoken poetry is a performance. So people go to watch Uh, people perform and to recite their poems. And we're very lucky in this episode, I did put John on the spot and he recited one of his poems called Popcorn. Now, I will go back to, I said that I put him on the spot. That's a common term in English. When we ask somebody to do something that they didn't think they would have to do. So, John just thought he was coming on the show to have a chat to me generally and I asked him, could you recite a poem? He hadn't prepared for that. So that's when we say to someone, oh, I've put you on the spot because you've had no preparation. John talks about his poetry being therapy for himself 
And he mentions another term that we use in English. He was saying that it's like he has a burden that is taken off his chest. A burden is something that you might know a secret or you know something or you've done something that you want to tell somebody about, but you're ashamed or embarrassed and you're holding on to it and nobody else knows. And it's it's like um, it can cause you anxiety. It can, it's like it's something heavy. I guess we say it feels heavy on your chest. And so when you take that burden off, you let it go. And when he recites his poems, that's like, opening up and getting rid of this heavy thing that is sitting on his chest. So it's a burden that he has let free. I think it's time to get on with the show. Today I am speaking with John Hillary, who is from Uganda. He is a poet, a climate activist and a radio host. Thank you for coming on, John. How are you? I'm fine, Kimberly. Thank you so much for having me. No, it's a pleasure. So, wow, you're a bunch of things. Uh, first off, tell us tell us where you are in Uganda. So I live in a town, well, recently elevated to city status. I live in Jinja City, which is about 80 kilometers from Kampala, east of Kampala, which is the capital of Uganda. I should ideally be one hour, but because of the roads and the traffic, it ends up being between two to three hours. And uh, Jinja is um, kind of like the, the industrial capital of, of, of Uganda, and it also harbors uh, the monumental source of the river Nile, kind of like the ro- longest river uh, in the world. So yes, very proud to live in Jinja. Everyone here loves their town. So yes, that's uh, I live in Jinja right now. How did it get elevated to city status? That is fascinating. I've never heard that before. Yes. Yeah, so uh, first of all, Jinja is really like the oldest town, one of the oldest towns uh, in in the country. Uh, also, where the the biggest power generation. Uh, hydroelectricity generation dam is uh, in the country. So it has, because of that, so many industries came to work here, but um, the capital city was always in Kampala. So over time, over time, it felt, people felt that, oh, Jinja has been a town, I think, longer than any other town in the country. So it was elevated to city status, along with four other towns in the country. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. People are really excited about that. Yeah. How many people live in your town? It's hard to say, but uh, somewhere around um, around between 700 to to 900,000 people. It's a big a big little town. Big little city. Yeah, it is. And so you're a poet. Tell us about that. Oh yes. Uh, so I've been writing for almost my whole life. Um, I love the art of poetry because for me, poetry and writing is kind of like therapy. Uh, you know, it's just my way to heal. Growing up, I didn't quite go out a lot and stuff. So I, um, I've been, I just used to write, but I was always very afraid to, you know, t- present my poetry out there because I felt it was so personal was just me trying to tell me my stories. You know, I was not sure anyone else would want to listen. But over time, I got introduced to spoken word poetry where you just go to stage and present your, 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 your poetry. And I've been doing that since 2016. The first time I stepped on stage, I didn't know anyone, whether, you know, anyone would relate to it. And then it becomes so healing to know that 
what what is very personal to you someone else there you know relates to it and i'm like oh okay and after performing it on stage it feels like a burden has been taken off from my chest so i started to use poetry either writing or performing as a way for me to heal but beyond me healing a few other people can relate to it that that's why i love i really love poetry i know i'm going to put you on the spot but is there something that you could recite for us <laughs> well i guess i guess so so yeah so all right i, I will do this piece that uh I, when I wrote it, I called it classmates. But when my classmates listened to it, they decided to call it popcorn. Growing up also from a poor neighborhood, I was afraid about, I was very embarrassed about certain things. And I held back, you know, in, in so many activities. But growing up, I realized that those things are some of the things that mattered the most. And uh, that piece, popcorn, kind of like highlights those. And, uh, you know, when I first performed it, it was me being brave to tell my story and it seems like so many other people relate to it so yes i guess i would perform popcorn you want me to perform it now oh yes please oh my goodness it's like a story this is popcorn i hated popcorn because my classmates had biscuits and sweets i hated my cold tea because my classmates took sodas and juice i hated my Khaki shots, because every Saturday, my classmates put on jeans and blings. I was afraid to walk to the garden because if my classmates saw me, I wouldn't have an excuse in the agriculture class the following day. I stayed up late to watch TV at our neighbor's place, just so I could join the boys' talk too. When they spoke about Jama gender, Teletubbies, and Power Rangers. I hated popcorn because my classmates had biscuits and sweets. I exchanged my popcorn for Lillian's cornflakes. I would have given the world for Sheila's pancakes, but she hated popcorn too. So I made some money and I bought biscuits, chips and sweets. Then I bought a TV set. And Dr. Ian said the junk food was the cause of obesity. So I bought a trash can. And now I spend my Saturdays planting vegetables in my backyard and in my khaki shorts. But I made more money. And for the first time, I bought two tickets. I took my girl, Lisa, to the movies and the lights were low. The music was nice. I told her stories. She told me stories too. I bought her juice and then she asked for popcorn. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. That is that is uh, just great. I, I loved it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you too. It's funny because um, my son hates popcorn. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's funny that you're talking about this because you're a climate activist. And I don't know if this is – I'm trying to be zero waste. And I okay. give my son popcorn because it's easy for me to make and there's no plastic yes. and I can put it in a little container and he can take it to school. And he hates popcorn. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's funny. Well, that 
I can relate. I think for me, for instance, popcorn is a favorite for so many people. Even when you watch, we go to, it's a movie night. Everyone's watching, is, wants to eat popcorn. And all my classmates, everyone wants, wanted, wanted popcorn. But the only reason I didn't eat popcorn was because I thought that we were having it because we didn't have enough money to buy, uh, you know, maybe bread or biscuits or whatever. And um, it is something, well, popcorn is just really an image of everything else that, that, that was going on in my life at that time. I thought, for instance, I would, my, mom, my mother is a gardener, so I would take to school things that came directly from the garden, which is what many people would want to eat. But because for me, I thought that we're only having that because we didn't have money to buy things from the supermarket, that, you know, I, I didn't want to eat it because of that, which is now growing up, I, I look back and I'm like, hey, dude, what, what was going on with you? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why my son hates popcorn. I've given it to him every day. I, 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 oh. I, don't, I don't know if I varied his lunch and, and a lot, but I was just trying to reduce my use of plastic because I'd, kids get little um, packets of chips or something like that, and yeah. I didn't want to buy packets. I wanted him not to throw away waste. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Hmm, but, interesting. I, I love. I love that you're very cautious about plastic waste because plastic is choking our planet, and uh, that gets me really, really mad and sad. That we don't. What gets me really mad and sad is that we really we don't care. We continue to buy. We think that happiness is by buying stuff and trashing it, which actually isn't. And we don't realize the, the damage that we are causing to ourselves and to the planet. I'm so glad that you are very cautious about it. It's, it's hard. I'm not the best. <laughs> I try to be, but it's, it's tough. It's hard. I, I find it hard when my husband and I work full time and we're so time poor but I do try my best. Um, you know, even my son, he knows now, you know, we don't take straws if we're out. We don't need them or we have our own straws. Well, awesome. That reminds me. So, our, okay, I don't know if I'm overtaking the interview, but we, it's important to get the young people to grow up with the mindset of, you know, conservation. And so, you know, I do climate activism. And at some point I wrote a program called the Young Environmentalists Program to kind of get young people to, and we had in the program, we had the 10 green choices, which meant, I mean, uh, use less plastics, plastic or say no to plastic, you know, pack your own water instead of buying, you know, plastic water every other time, things like that. So that from a young age, young people can grow up because we don't give them ecological training in school, but this program was to let them grow up with the knowledge that, hey, you know what, it's my responsibility to be a steward uh, to my environment and not, you know, uh, just taking consumption without ethics uh, attached to it. Mm, you're absolutely right. What is it like in Uganda? Are people very conscious of this? Well, n not quite. So we have we have a, a huge number of people who are a big number of people who, who are an increasing number of people who are becoming cautious about this. And the thing is, we leave the problem that that I have seen over my over the time of doing climate activism is that we live in a very endowed environment. We have the natural, like it's so, it's, we're so gifted here. Naturally, you're going to have, it rains almost every day and it's, it's amazing. The climate, the, the weather is, is beautiful. Because of that, we don't notice, even when, even when you cut a million trees, 
it's going to still stay you know green and everything so because of that you don't notice that you are making damage now unfortunately because of that by the time we notice it's going to be too late so it's uh, as much as some people know a huge number of people just don't care it's not about knowing it's about caring they just don't care but it's only been maybe in the last five years that i've thought about it and i don't know why i don't like i know as a child growing up and um maybe it's similar because um you're in africa but in australia you know we we're always taught to conserve water. So that's been a huge thing because of our climate. We've always had to, you know, we have short showers or we, um, you know, I can't stand if the, the taps are running because we shouldn't be wasting water. So I've had conservation like that as a young child, but I never thought so much about plastic until the last, yeah, the last five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see, plastic comes with convenience. Well, it, we have been told that it comes with convenience. So that is the card that the business community has used around here to take everything from whatever packaging to put it into plastic. Because I think, I think it's also cheap for them in their production cost. But they give the, the consumer the, the idea, the false idea that, you know what, it's, 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 it's easy. Just get it from the shop and work with it wherever you want. Uh, but for for glass bottle, you have to take it back to to the shop. So people have adopted plastic because they think it's first of all cheap to buy plastic. We need to be more responsible, and uh, our consumption should be in relation to conserving the planet. But tell us about you. You're a radio host. That's how I sort of discovered um, you. Uh, talk a lot about music. Can you tell us a bit about that? <laughs> All right, so uh, I, I've only been doing radio for two years now. So uh, I quit my, my former job, my nine to five in 2018, which was in Kampala. I decided to come back to Jinja and live here. I wanted to just do poetry but, and, and do different you know, freelance um, IT things at home, working at home. But I, I thought I could use my extra time for something else. And I decided to, I was trying to podcast already, by the way, at the time. And it wasn't quite going well. That's like two years ago. It, there was not quite a market for podcasts like right now. So this radio listens to my podcasts and um, they're like, hey, you could just come and, and, and do the podcast. I do the, that show here. And I'm like, yeah, cool. I could use my extra time for something. So right now I run, um, I run a lifestyle show. It's called The Beat. It runs 1 to 4 p.m. Uh, every weekday. That's East African time. Every weekday. So... Uh, it's really because I, I work on a hit uh, hit music station, so we play top forty, and and so we discuss different things, lifestyle. So from anything from technology to traveling to health, pretty much everything uh, in between the music, and uh, it's been it's been quite a journey. Every show is better than the other. I really enjoy it and love it. And uh, what what keeps me going is the relationship that you build with the people. I keep getting messages, texts from people every day, people I don't know, I've never heard about. And, uh, you know, they just tell me how the show keeps them going and it's very humbling. And, oh my God, like I, I never thought I would be doing commercial radio. It's been a wonderful experience to, to do radio, uh, especially in my hometown because I grew up listening to, to radio and now I'm in the same space and I'm like, oh my God, table's turn. 
What a wonderful opportunity. I can't believe that they found your podcast. Well, thank you so much, John, for taking the time to chat with me. I know it was a bit difficult for us to get connected, but we've done it and that is awesome. So thank you for coming on Accented. Thank you so much, Kimberly. I really appreciate the opportunity. All right. Have a good day. All right. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Accented. I'm your host, Kimberly Law. Accented is released on the 15th and 30th of each month. If you'd like to find out more about me, please head to kimslawofenglish.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts, so please don't forget to leave a review of the podcast or even a star rating. Speak to you soon.